This is some relaxing shit, man. <laughs> We're gonna start the show off with some twang. Oh, you want twang? That's that's up next on the list. Oh, you want twang? I've got uh, some reverb if you could take care of that. I believe that's probably me. I've got uh, some reverb if you could... I mean, I like hearing myself twice, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Episode 5 uh, with this uh, new rebranding. And we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff tonight. Obviously, the chaos that was Week 3. and chaos. then it was also wonderful. It, it was... It was bizarro week as far as like uh, who was scoring the major fantasy points and who wasn't scoring anything at all. But I mean, I, I get it. There was a lot of points there when uh, weeks one and two didn't have very many fantasy points, so everyone true. Was, was kind of thrilled to see the scores go back up to where they thought they should be. Uh, and then of course week four uh, pickups and previews will uh, get a little bet in uh, all kinds of things like that. But uh, we are joined tonight by Jessica Robertson, who uh, is doing our uh, Instagram. Uh, profile for Drink 5, and you can check that out at Instagram.com slash Drink 5, and uh, she's just started the profile, so I'm excited to see what happens with it, and uh, Jessica, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, helping us out this year, and don't get get us kicked off of Instagram, please. Don't get <laughs> cocky on Instagram, literally, because <laughs> they kick you out for that kind of stuff. That's what I've heard. Yeah. No, hashtag... Uh, that, that maybe doesn't belong in the fantasy football world. <laughs> anyway, uh, we always start off with what we're drinking, and uh, right now I've got a uh, I've got a Brickstone beer, Forbidden Wheat Blood Orange Wit, and it was actually uh, it's a lot of things in a beer. It's pretty delicious, uh, and I know Jason. Where do they grow Forbidden Wheat? Jason just across from me, uh, Tibet. I don't know, uh, China. <laughs> He he it's picked in the Bermuda up. Triangle, he picked up a couple of these six packs for like nothing. So. No, no, no. Those, that why you got a different one. I actually picked those. Yeah, up. Yeah, Jessica picked those up. Oh, so yeah. these cost money. Yes, yes, <laughs> actual money for those. They weren't received in barter. And no, what I got was the, the four hands contact high. Oh, okay. Which is delicious. A good like lighter pale ale with lots of fun inside jokes on the can. Well, it's next time I go to Arminetti's or Binnie's or something, I'm just going to be like, do you have a fantasy team I can help you out with for in exchange for some bombers? Let me get an employee discount. What's the monetary value of fantasy expert insight? How, mu- how much is this week's win worth to you? Can it equate to a delirium tremens, please? <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you better it. give them some good advice. Uh, but we do have uh, some... Some pretty interesting beers to open up uh, as we as we do the show. We'll see if we can get to both of them or not. We have two crawlers. From, I accept that challenge from Dave. Tangled Roots Brewing Company in Ottawa, Illinois, where my band just recently played a show. The Three Beards. Shout out to us in self promotions. <laughs> Shout out to myself. That's right. <laughs> um, we have an Oktoberfest and a double IPA that's ten percent. So we're going to start with the double IPA first to make sure that we can get all that down. And uh, I'm sure that our advice will get better and better as the show goes on. Our advice will be 10% of the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So week three, I wanted to ask you guys, not how your fantasy teams did, but what your takeaways were from such a a crazy week. And specifically, um, were there players on your team that you didn't think uh, would score the kind of points they did? Um, or there weird situations uh, that, that you had and you got yourselves into um, towards the end of the day on Sunday? Sure. Well, I had it in a, in a crazy game uh, against our buddy Mike, who joins us, Mike Masserino. Um 
I'm in a league with him that's been around for about 20 years. We're both newbies in the grand scheme of that league. Um, but we had a match this week that put up the most points ever in that league. He scored the most points for a winning team, and together we scored the most points of any match that's ever been in that league over 20 years. Wow. So that was a pretty angry loss for me. <laughs> I was not happy with that one. Right. So uh, very appropriately, I owe him a sour beer for that. Because you were very sour. Is that this is the, the metaphor that's happening here? This is what's going on? I'm a little bit sour on that one. <laughs> you know, it's just the theme of that league. Well, the great thing about fantasy football is, as always, you know, uh, kind of wipes the slate clean. You get to start again fresh in the next week, and unless you keep losing games uh, one after another, in which case you never feel better about yourself. But, you know, the, <laughs> these kinds of things happen. So any takeaways, uh, specific people, Jessica, that you were rooting for or that did really well or didn't do very well uh, for your teams? Sure. Well, I was excited to see Odell finally do well. Um, yes. You know, he was out in week one. He was my first round draft pick for this one particular league. And being out in the first week, I'm like, seriously, my first round draft pick. Um, I was hesitant to play him in week two, but luckily I was already winning, so it didn't matter that I yeah, started yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, but week three, I started him, and he he kind of blew up. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be looking good going forward. Nine catches, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. All of that basically occurring within like five minutes of the game. Uh, he did manage to get a penalty as well, as is sort of his tradition. As his tradition. Um, and so uh, I would say one of the big things that surprised me is that there were 27 players when the week is over that scored at least 20 points in a standard league. Wow. None of this PPR, you know, bumping people up. Standard scoring, 27 people over 20 points. That's impressive. Most of them, people that shouldn't have gotten the points, in my perspective. Let's talk about a couple... What do you mean, Case Keenum shouldn't have gotten all those points? Let's talk about a couple <laughs> surprises. Uh, first on my list is Case Keenum, uh, quarterback, Minnesota. That's what uh, you call a segue. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, we have um, a, a guy that everyone knows, Sam Bradford, that kind of blew up week one. Unexpectedly good. Uh, as uh, as he progressed throughout the year. And we know that Stefan Diggs has done very well. Delvin Cook has done very well. But a, a lot of the, the success has to do with the quarterback and, of course, uh, the defense of the team, which is doing well as well. Uh -huh. But the first start that Case Keenum had, because Sam Bradford had an injury with his knee, he looked like we expected it to, which was pretty much... He looked like a guy named Case Keenum. Yeah, back end. So, you know, going to be... I think I had him ranked at like 30 out of 32 quarterbacks when he was starting. And that's sort of what you're expecting, right? But for whatever reason, and, and I'm interested in the reasoning uh, that maybe you think, uh, is he made a second straight start for the Vikings, completing 25 of 33 passes for 369 and three touchdowns over Tampa Bay. And this is the same Tampa Bay that the previous week had just whipped up on the Bears. Uh, not to say that the Bears are a good team, but Tampa Bay, we thought, watching Hard Knocks and looking at talent that they have on their roster, is at least a decently talented team. You wouldn't expect Case Keenum to suddenly beat up on them like that. So, do you think there's any um, there's any realness to that, or do you think that this may have just been one of those fluke games, maybe even the best game that Case Keenum will ever play? I I don't know that it's as fluky as it seems. To be honest with you, I mean, yes, we all drank the uh, Hard Knocks Kool Aid, and we all sort of were high on Tampa Bay, um, but Tampa, you know, they dominated the Bears. They did not play well uh, the game after that. But you know what? I mean, I don't know. I, I still think that Tampa Bay is a, an over 500 team. So I think that Minnesota is a very good team right now. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
put it toward. I, I wouldn't put that loss on Tampa Bay. I put Case Keenum winning that game. Does, does that make sense? Sure, uh, but but I I find it hard to justify going from being the worst to uh, the best or among the best. So uh, it, for me, I'd have to say that it could be like one of his best games that he ever plays in the NFL. Sure, and, and I, Gerald and I, McCoy missed a good chunk of that game. And I don't think that he you know ends up being a starter from that team is is looking at Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater or whoever. But Case Keenum is kind of this perennial backup after he had a shot um, in previous years. Didn't he start last year in uh, St. Louis? Well, not St. Louis, but Los Angeles for the Rams? Yeah, and that didn't go so well either. <laughs> not at all, no. That was some 7-9 and nine bullshit. Okay. Uh, Todd Gurley, um, Los Angeles, came back after not doing so well last year and got 140 or 154 yards and three touchdowns on 33 touches on Thursday night's game. So I think we were all uh, watching the game on Thursday, and that was a game that we thought maybe wouldn't go so well, might be a boring game, ended up being tons of scoring. So exciting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And Todd Gurley has scored six touchdowns now for the first three weeks of the season. So do we think that uh, the Gurley is going to be someone who continues to step up in that offense and the Rams offense in general? Is that something that you're going after, that you're looking at increasing and, and doing well with their new coach, the the young and Sean, the young Sean McVay, young Sean, yeah, yeah, you know I'm totally in on young Sean McVay. Um, caught my eye because I'm like, why is there a coach who's several years younger than me? Uh, you know, I, I'm not ready for that yet. But you know what? Um, they're doing a lot of good things there. Um, he's keeping pace almost with uh, Kareem Hunt. Obviously, he's not anywhere near the yards per carry. But you know, those two guys are one and two at the running back position right now. And I think that Todd Gurley is going to be given the work and be given the opportunity to remain uh, an elite back this year. Yeah, so I know, I know, Jess, you haven't been super into uh, the complexities of football over the past couple of years, maybe getting more into it lately. But when you look at a team like the Rams, used to be St. Louis, now Los Angeles, uh, and their offenses and their players on their teams, those are never guys that you have on your fantasy team because they just don't do well. So... <laughs> After watching that game, does it seem like a game where you think the that now you might be playing some people from uh, from the Los Angeles Rams? Oh yeah, absolutely, quite possibly. Anyway, um, Gurley definitely I think can hold his own. Uh, that was such an exciting game. Um, I actually was playing against someone with Gurley, yeah. so I was super nervous. <laughs> um, luckily, I happened to be starting. Um, Sammy Watkins that night. Okay. That's Ram versus Ram on Ram action. That's a good way to cancel out some of that damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he did, had a great game, too. So, you know, luckily I wasn't, like, blown away during that game. But, yeah, um, you know, that's one of those teams. And, like, with all the changes that they just went through, you know, moving and everything, you wouldn't necessarily think to go with them. Uh, There's too much up in the air. But, um, yeah, I would definitely consider them. So I think so as well. I think the Rams will continue to do well, and uh, they might have some missteps because they're kind of a new team, a new manager, new players, guys like Watkins uh, you know, on that team that's just kind of thrown in there. Jared Goff's a second-year quarterback. But we will see some games like that where they score 40, 50 points, and that's really enticing and exciting and uh, maybe game-winning for a fantasy uh, manager. So Joe Flacco, quarterback, uh, didn't really look very very good against Jacksonville. And it's funny, I, I got up early to, to check out this particular game. Oh, what and, a waste of time. Oh, I mean, I <laughs> see, I, I, I happen to like Jacksonville, and I had their defense starting in a couple of leagues. Oh, that's fun. And I think they're one of the best in the league. 
and I think uh, they're they're sort of proving that. Are and, you worried about the consistency of the Jacksonville defense, like fantasy wise? It's very difficult, like we talked about earlier with with Case Keenum, even with the Rams, to have any consistency at this point in the season because it's only week three that's passed. Early, yeah, I just remember, you know, they scored 28 points in week one. They scored negative one week two. They picked up another, like, 10 or 12 last week. Yeah. So they seem to be maybe one of the hot waiver pickups this week. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm debating. This is a question that I had for you earlier off the air. I think it would fit here. I've got the Baltimore defense. Are they worth keeping, or should I try to pick up, like, Jacksonville instead? So I, I still think that Baltimore is one of the best defenses in the NFL, and I think that we can – mark down the game Baltimore versus Jacksonville as a little bit fluky, but the reason why uh, Jacksonville was doing so well is because it was just uh, Flacco and the offense totally you know, took a dive in that game. And if their offense is not getting anything on the board at all, and the defense is just you know constantly on the field, and they were, uh, I guess they were just being... It was three and out, like so much for them. Yeah, so there's being stymied, an unusual situation. That's kind of how it all ended up for me. But a lot of people are saying drop Baltimore, etc. I don't think so. Uh, I have them uh, ranked higher than uh, most of the experts do on Fantasy Pros. Currently for week four, I have them at... uh, uh, And you're traditionally quite good at ranking the defenses and the kickers. I have them at 12. Um, I I had them a little higher earlier in the day, but but regardless of that, um, I, I think that playing against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's away, uh, Baltimore might have a chance to get back up on their feet, but it's a really a variable game because Pittsburgh's offense can be very good too. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But don't don't drop them. I mean, I have them low in my mind, and that's 12. If you drop them and they have a good game, you'll never get them back again. This is true. And, you know, I saw them and I thought to myself, you know, are they worth just kind of let's, let's not panic about a bad week. And that's something we always try to get across to people. Like, if you find yourself doing that, Jess, like, you've got a couple players that aren't working for you, do you do you think to yourself, oh, I need to stick it out and not panic and keep them, or are you now looking to make lots of drastic moves, maybe on teams that aren't, you know, doing so hot? Uh, for me, it depends on how highly ranked they are. Okay. So, um, you know, if it's a top 10 round draft pick, I'm probably going to wait it out, see if they sure. can bounce back. If you invested in them to begin the season. Exactly. Um, you know, last week I had a couple of lower-level guys who weren't doing anything, weren't slated to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I dropped them for, you know, someone a little bit better. Um, no, that's fine. That's what yeah. NFL coaches do. It's the pedigree of the player. When we're looking at it from a much more short-sighted perspective. This isn't a dynasty league, and most of the time we're talking about redraft. But if, if you drafted someone in, like, rounds one through eight, and they have a bad game, you're not going to drop them. I mean, that seems ridiculous. Right. Unless It's suddenly, too early for that. It's only yeah. week four. Right. Absolutely. Um, even guys like uh, Eric Decker, he's been dropped in a couple leagues and then picked back up, and I know that he's kind of been trending back up slowly. Uh, it's something to look at where you got a player who maybe is joining a different team, like Watkins, who wasn't doing well, wasn't doing well, two touchdowns. You know, Sometimes it takes a little bit for that chemistry to appear. True. Um, but Flacco was playable in, in two quarterback leagues um, and drafted in, in some leagues as someone who might do well this year. But he is now down in the dumps for me. You might call that game a scratch or you might think it was a weird situation. I don't really care. He was already not an amazing quarterback to begin with for fantasy. For, for me, he's a, he's a drop and, and a never pickup uh, unless, <laughs> unless he has like three weeks of top five production or something. Drop him and forget him. 
Uh, Christian McCaffrey was awesome in the passing game. He had nine passes for 101 yards. That's against New Orleans. New Orleans has this defense, you know, that's that's kind of like uh, uh, Swiss cheese sometimes. But he also had uh, 16 yards on four carries, and he's up to 246 yards through three games. So a lot of us thought that Jonathan Stewart might continue his tradition of, of being the ball carrier there. He does still get a lot of those early, uh, early down um, uh, possessions and touches. But Christian McCaffrey is the, the guy who they've been going to for like every passing down and even in, in situations where they need to gain some yardage. Uh, he's a guy that they're starting to trust. Rookies this year, rookie running backs, have, have been really good. If you remember last year, we talked about how good the rookie running back class might be coming into 2018. I think it's better than any of us thought. Uh, yeah, and that was one of the things that with Sean Foss and stuff, we had hyped up a little bit. Like, there are a lot of good running backs coming in this year. And it's, you know, we saw some activity from Joe Mixon this week. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is playing very well. Um, at, on the higher end, you've got Kareem Hunt, the best running back in the league so far by a mile at this point, and he's still running. <laughs> and Delvin Cook, who's the top 10 guy. We got two rookies in the top 10. Yep. Uh, Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver that looks to be stepping up to that next level. He's been kind of back and forth a little bit, so we can't really call him uh, you know, a wide receiver one in last year's production. But this year, it looks like that might be the case. If Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs can get on the same page to be scoring 25-plus fantasy points, then there's really no doubt in my mind that whoever is throwing him the ball, as long as they are, you know, as long as they're human and have arms, uh, he should be able to score points in a football game. <laughs> as long as he remains human. So that's 173 yards on eight receptions and two touchdowns on 11 targets against Tampa Bay, who's not known as a team with bad defensive backs by any means. And uh, he had Case Keenum thrown in the ball. So I think he might be approaching that sort of quarterback-proof level talent, but I'm going to sit on that um, that decisiveness uh, for a little bit. Um, that said, I have him uh, ranked in a standard league pretty high this particular uh, week. I have him at 14 versus Detroit, and I think that if he does uh, very well, he's going to have Case Keenum again. Uh, he could end up being top 10, but you really have to look at Case and say, can he have those kinds of games back-to-back? And I don't think so, personally. And that's always something that I look at when I'm playing anybody who catches the ball. Who is their quarterback? Yeah. Can they get him the ball? Because you might get a fluky game, like a Case Keenum, but, I mean, you never know. But, hey, Stephon Diggs, number one scoring wide receiver this year so far. Yeah, for the time being, I'm going to continue to start him. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I think he's a must-start pretty yeah. much everywhere. No, you, when you have a guy that does that well, you keep starting him. You know, that's that's how it works. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that he might be a little up and down while he has a quarterback that's not a proven commodity in the league. You know, Case Keenum is not a guy that any team is going to pick up and, and have him be their starter. Right. Last week he had six targets, only two catches. Mm. But, you know, going up against Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago over the next three weeks, it's a division game. You know, I, I'm not too worried about him not getting production. They're going to need him uh, to win. None of those teams have, like, the greatest pass defense. Obviously, Detroit's got a good defensive line, uh, but as long as they can get the ball away, you know, Stephon Diggs is going to catch it and go up the field. Truth. Um, so I'm going to get myself a little bit of this double IPA in a moment, uh, and I have a, a segment to, to do called Real or Fake News, which is uh, somewhat, I guess, um, you know, re- related, not related, but... Uh, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Inspired, uh, inspired? by the okay. uh, the political climate of, of early 2017. Oh, fantastic. Um, so what I'm going to do That's is... That's never controversial. <laughs> what I'm going to do is just say uh, a little bit of a, of, a, of a pitch of an idea, and then I want you guys to give me your, your hot take on that, if you would, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Wendell Smallwood. Uh, Darren Sproles went down, and I saw this play, and it, it looked pretty... Uh, terrifying. It, not not one of the worst plays I've seen, but you could just see bad things were happening. Broke his arm, tore his ACL in the same play. Obviously, never good. Darren Sproles is an older guy. He might not even come back to the league. So you know, tough break for him. Literally, uh, there is no discernible competition now behind Legarrette Blunt and Wendell Smallwood. So it looks like the opportunity is there for Smallwood to become a fantasy darling. Uh, by that, I mean that Legarrette Blunt is someone that the Eagles had the rumor mill going that. They might even drop him. Uh, he's not doing very great, except in goal line situations. So Smallwood is basically going to take over that entire backfield, uh, or at least get up to a you know 60, 70 percent um, take of of the of the good fantasy points from the running back situation and the Eagles. So, real or fake news, Jason? Um, boy, like most fake news, there's a bit of truth in there. But I gotta say, it's fake news. I still think that Legarrette Blunt gonna be the guy who gets the early down work there. But as anyone who is good at being a plotter, like Blunt is, uh, he may be ineffective uh, for large stretches, and they're going to have to give um, the ball to Wendell Smallwood, who is very talented and um, I think by the end of the year could be the main guy. But right now, fake news. Stephanie says she believes in Blunt. <laughs> uh, yes, he, but what does she think about Legarrette? Hey, the guy scored like... 18 touchdowns last year. Like, he can definitely score some touchdowns. He's just not great in the open field, I guess. Anyway, uh, Jess, do you have a take on that one? It's okay to pass to you. Let me know. Um, you know, I can't give a full opinion because I'm not real familiar with Smallwood. Did you um, see the injury? It's you okay. know, no, no, you can't that's watch every good. play of every game. I was, uh, you know, <laughs> I had read about it. Dave was like, "Oh, he broke his arm." It sounded like a terrible play, and then I look it up the next day, and like he broke his arm and he tore his ACL. Yeah, I should have. And watched I started the googling for it, and then I go, "Nope, I don't want to watch this." Yeah, and I didn't like even pull up a video. I just closed the tab and carried on with my day. Well, I have yeah, a happens. morbid curiosity, so I might look it up. Later. All right, well, you but, check that um, out. But anyway, uh, that being said, like I don't know a whole lot about Smallwood, but. Um, I kind of agree that Blunt still has some time left in him. Okay. Well, uh, it looks like the, the verdict there is that that's fake news. Wendell Smallwood is, is going to be a big pickup this week by people because he's still available in a lot of leagues. But you're saying that he's probably not, we're saying as a group, that he's probably not going to be the guy that you are looking for. He's Amari, not the main guy yet. Amari Cooper has 101 yards through three games. Three games, so that's averaging, uh, what, like 34 yards a game. We'll call him Amari Pooper for the and, rest of the show. And apparently he's going through some kind of issue with drops. He already has six drops over the same stretch. Last year he only had five or six drops for the entire year. Uh, so I think he's a bust this year, and you should get him out of your lineup. Real or fake news? Um, it is real that you think that. <laughs> but I think it's bad advice. No, I, I don't know if you actually think that or not. Um, no. Well, he's certainly not helping any we, teams right now. We, we just, I feel, said, don't panic yet. Sure. And do not panic about Amari Cooper. He's the guy you drafted in the first three rounds, probably. Right. Keep in mind, I didn't say drop. But, no, no, no. I know. But you, you're taking him out of your lineup. I mean, you know, no, you're not going to drop him. But as soon as he's out of your lineup, he can't help you anymore. Yeah, okay. That's, and that's a tricky one because he had a good week one, uh, okay week two. 
bad week three. Sure. So, so the, it's getting progressively worse, but is that trend going to stay? The Raiders play the Broncos this week. That may be the only reason why you'd want to sit him. Because it's <laughs> on the road in Denver. Denver's been really good in Denver A this bad year. trend plus a good defense means you don't play the player, in my opinion. Okay. If you have a better... If you have a better option. So that is fake real news. I think it's real news. You guys still think you you, you got to keep him in your lineup? Like because Maybe if he, if he really was a WR1, Jason, you wouldn't care about Denver Broncos defense. You're you're right about that. And I kind of I kind of don't. Because they still have to cover Crabtree. Um, if no, he plays, start, Crab, I, I Crabtree has a chest week. injury, too. Because think about it. You're, you're taking the best receiver, likely... Or, or second best at you know at the lowest on your team and taking them out and you're putting in the the fourth best receiver on your team and the the odds of your fourth best receiver being you know that much of a shoe in are pretty low. I think you've got to stick with Amari Cooper one more week. Well, if you lose three games of tic tac toe in a row, you might not be good at tic tac toe. This is true. <laughs> you should um, consider switching uh, to the O's. It sounds like the group again says uh, keep Cooper in, and I'm uh, I'm hanging back uh, saying I'm gonna take him out. Well, I, I think we kind of agreed <laughs> maybe set him for week four, but mm, no, I, no. I, 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 you know, if I have to make the decision right now, I would play him still. Okay. Okay. Well, it sounds like Jess might agree with me. You agree with me? Yes. Sit him for week four because that means the group says sit him for week four. Jason's yes. the one bench who made him. the convincing argument to bench him. Sit him for week Cooper. four. <laughs> so I say we bench Amari Cooper. Tough matchup. Tough matchup. Group think for us says you bench Amari Cooper this week. I think that Oakland bounces back. Well, it's it's consensus here, my friend. Uh, Rob Kelly has been on the injury report, and the Redskins rookie back Samaj Perrine has not exactly been quicksilver or lightning. Regardless, Jay Gruden has said that Thompson will not get more touches. And just so you guys know, if you might not have known, Thompson has broken his back, his torn his shoulders, labrum, and an ACL, and had other injuries during his career. He not is, just now. This happened in the past. No, not he all. worried in, me for a moment. In one play by, like, Darren Sproles. Yeah, he tried to one-up Darren Sproles. No, he's had some serious injury concerns, and uh, he's never really been played in a high capacity. And, of course... Jay doesn't want to. He wants to use him where he can, can go in there and be dynamic, and that's what he's currently doing. Right. But uh, I, I think that uh, that Chris will be an effective fantasy starter all year. So real or fake based on all that information? Jess, you feel this one. I want to make a comparison, <laughs> a historical comparison here. Okay. Um, it's hard to say all year. Can any player truly be an effective you know what's great about this segment? Year. You have to make decisions. Yeah. Um, so looking at his stats in a PPR league, uh, he's done great the first three weeks. Um, so that, I don't know, is that false confidence? Like, he's had all these injuries. He's obviously injury prone. Like That's why they're not playing him more snaps than, you know, than he's already getting. He does well with the touches that he receives. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So he's doing very well right now, but it's, it's pretty much unsustainable production. No one's ever been that good for that long. The closest would probably be something like Jamal Charles, but Chris Thompson is not Jamal Charles. So it's uh, you're sort of stepping on my feet here, Dave. Well, please. <laughs> you're always... I wanted to compare him to like early 2010s Jamal Charles when he's got Larry Johnson on his team, but Charles and is... Thomas Jones on the team, and he's not the main ball carrier, but he is the most productive running back on the team. But but Charles, for example, is is a. Uh... Isn't he more of a running back than Chris Thompson is? Jamal Charles is probably more talented. 
Uh, I don't know that he's got like more of a size. So Jamal is 5'11", 199. He's certainly better for a longer period of time with less injuries than Chris Thompson. But Well, I come understand. on. Jamal Charles has had tons of injury problems in his career. You can't just, you know... Chris Thompson's smaller. 5'8 only. Not 5'11". Yeah, he's not... So he's not going to be running over people as much, but he's running away from people, which might keep you healthier. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you know, Chris Thompson, also uh, younger. He is only going to be 27 uh, coming up next month. So um, I like Chris Thompson's production a lot. I think that he's going to be a fantasy starter for the rest of the year. But you have to accept the fact that he's going to average like 10 touches a game. He's got nine touches a game right now. I know the coach said they don't want to increase it. I don't see how the coach doesn't give him one or two more touches a game. Because he knows he'll get injured. I mean, it's not like... He doesn't know when he'll get injured. You can't just you can't not play a guy because you fear that he will get injured. That's exactly what they're doing. I think I, they're they're sort of they're trying to make it last as long as possible. Well, Rob Kelly is still the starter, okay, and and he had an injury, but he's going to come back from that injury and still be the starter. And Rob Kelly is not great, and Perrine is not the uh, a top ten rookie. He's not a guy who came in. He's going to change things. Uh, he may play there as the starter down the road or in a couple of years, but he's not doing it right now. So as long as they have a guy who can be a bruiser in Rob Kelly, then they're not going to play Chris Thompson for those downs. They just can't do it. The physically taxing to the player, you can't do it. Um, but you're right. So the question is, effective fantasy starter all year. So I think you're saying yes. Yes. Okay. I. You know, he's gonna. He's not your. Don't don't lean on him as your main guy. But he is like the best flex player you're gonna find all year, and he's probably gonna be an RB two in most leagues at this point. You know, you can't shut down the third highest scorer in the league. He may be a boomer bust guy, but it's all boom right now. So remember that you may bust with him one week. You know, he might get, you know, six carries and three catches and only have 40 yards. That's certainly a possibility if they play a really tough defense or something like that. But right now, you know, I don't know that you can bench him. I really don't see that you can bench him at all. That's not the discussion. Uh, you obviously are not benching him right now. The question is, is he going to be a, a effective fantasy starter all year? So, I doubt that it'll be sustainable. So you for say the yes, year. you say no. I say no. I think he'll get injured, or it won't be sustainable for the for the whole year. But of course, you have him now. Of course, you start him now. I drafted him in leagues. I want to start him. I just don't think he's a guy you can depend on for the whole year based on his uh, you know his physicality, injury history, and situation with three running backs. In the so game. then the conclusion that we can all come to, I think, and agree on is sell high on Chris Thompson. There you go. <laughs> I would agree. Especially when uh, someone is uh, is is like a, a running back three, like you said right now, which is kind of ridiculous for uh, a Thompson. So a uh, question from the chat room, top three players you are each targeting for trades. So buy low guys. I, uh, I'll go first. So I... I was doing my uh, my rankings earlier today for Fantasy Pros, and you can check us out over there uh, under my name, David Biggs, and uh, Drink5. Either way, uh, but I was going through some, uh, some buy-low targets for me personally. I think uh, a couple good ones to go for are Martavis Bryant on an offense that should come come back a little bit and bubble to the top. They've started the, they're starting the season with three out of four road games, right? Yeah, yeah. When he, when they get back home and have a nice little stretch, they're going to get into a groove, and that offense is going to be a juggernaut again. Yeah, 
Uh, I also uh, think that LaShawn McCoy is a good buy low target because he has not been doing so well uh, over the first couple games. And he's a guy who's going to continue to have the load in that offense all year. Uh, yeah. So he'll pick it up as well. And my uh, my third guy, uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Travis Kelsey because he has not been getting the targets that he normally does. Kareem Hunt has been kind of hogging the spotlight, but as uh, teams can can sort of uh, defend against and, and look up tape on Hunt, etc., he's not going to continue to be ridiculously good all year. They're going to have to end up in some points passing to their stud on that team, which is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So one of my buy low guys who I've been trying to get is Jay Ajayi right now. Um, two reasons why I like him. I, I think that he's going to be the workhorse back on that team, no matter like kind of what happens with the passing game. But also, his bye week has already been burned. So yep. you're not going to have to worry about him sure. conflicting with someone else. Um, yeah, that's great. Thanks, Dolphins and, and Bucks, for that. Right. I'm sure that that's exactly what they wanted. <laughs> I think you have to thank the Hurricane for that. Well, now they have to play 16 weeks in a row, which nobody should have to do. A guy a little bit lower on the radar who you might want to check out is Kelvin Benjamin. Has a really good uh, schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, pretty easy schedule when compared to everyone else. Um, and they need you know, they need to figure out a way to ge- generate some offense there. That's probably a guy that was drafted in the middle rounds that somebody is done starting at this point. Yeah, the problem there is Cam Newton, like you brought up earlier, is you have to have the good quarterback, and he's kind of in a slump at the moment. But yeah. I agree with you. You know, uh, Kelvin is... Uh, he was great. He's, he hasn't suddenly fallen off the ledge or anything. So, And I think it's kind of hard to buy low on tight ends, but maybe a Jimmy Graham would be worth it. No, I agree. This is a similar thing that happened last year, but I think they may have gotten it back in order this year more quickly, which is that Russell Wilson and the offensive line have issues. If your offensive line on, on Seattle Seahawks, this is such a good example, last year and this year, the O-line is not allowing them to have the running game that they used to have. It's not allowing him time in the pocket to adjust for throws. Is their O-line even worse than it has been? I don't know, but it's it's just been bad. But uh, towards the, the last half of uh, last year, I believe that Russell Wilson was like a top three quarterback for the last half of the year. And that's because they decided that they would just run a more fast-paced offense. They would uh, pass the ball more quickly out of the pocket and get things moving. And that's exactly what they did uh, this past week. They played the first half of the game uh, under pressure, not scoring points, etc. Then the second half of the game, they started going into a fast pace, get the ball out, uh, audibles kind of offense, and they destroyed, uh, you know, uh, the other team. I don't think they won, but uh, they, they. I think that Russell Wilson had like a uh, a personal record. As they made far it as, more interesting. Well, they would have won the game if they hadn't like you know stepped on their own feet. In the if first Demarco time. Murray didn't have a seventy-five yard touchdown. Yeah, there you go. Point is, they, they figure it out. They figure out that they can't sit behind the line, and it's going to happen again this year. And I think it already happened earlier than it did last year. All right. So, Jess, anybody you target? Do you do you like look at trades yet? You're still new to fantasy football, right? So I. What have you played for like five years now? Oh well, yeah, this is my fifth year, sixth year. Oh wow. Um, so what's interesting In perspective, is that I take that back. <laughs> well, I know, but what's interesting is that okay, so. As Jason knows, I have very good beginner's luck in things in life. That's not a and thing, Jess. That's not a real thing. So the first year I ever played, I won the league, right? Sure. Um, it's also the you only had a good time team. You followed the Drink Five rankings. I literally like all year. only followed the Drink Five rankings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she beat me with like Des Bryant and Jamal Charles. That was an amazing <laughs> matchup between you and me. You totally should have won that, but I just destroyed oh, you. Gosh. Um, but anyway, point being, 
Um, that's the only league that I've ever done a trade in. I haven't done any trades since then. Oh, you should okay. be targeting um, then. Yeah. And I, I really should. You mean in the first year you did a trade? Yes. And that's it? Yes. Um, and that was the one year that I won. So, hey, maybe there's some kind of correlation. Yeah. It's the best way. You know, I, I did some trades in a dynasty league, and they're really important there. And I, you know, made myself a championship team. Well, you nice. just you figure out where you're weak on your team in some capacity. Figure out some players that could help you. Uh, and maybe help the other team too. Like you have too many running backs, you're not going to use them all. So you take your second or third running back, trade him for their second or third wide receiver or something like that. And uh, and you can really do your team a bonus if you don't need that guy or if you think that guy's going to go downhill. Ultimately, like like Mike was trying to to ask for the 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 trades for buy low. So you want to get someone on your team that you think is going to not do any better than he's already doing. Trade for someone who's going to only do better than he has been doing. Right. So that's the that's the ultimate, the cross crossing the pass there, crossing the streams. Sure, it's, it's always fun to be like, oh, this trade really helps both our teams, but it's even better if the trade only helps your team. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so Terrell Pryor should theoretically be tearing it up this year, but after receiving 11 targets in week one, 11, and only catching a couple of those, his usage has gone down drastically, his trend has been terrible, uh, but, but the... Uh, the posit here is that Pryor will step it back up and he'll work his way into fantasy lineups. Is that real or fake news? Oh, I'm going with fake news. I, Terrell Pryor was fake news all season to me. He was not somebody who I wanted to draft. Um, he was an interesting player last year on the Browns, but Washington tries to run a real offense, and Terrell Pryor does not fit with that. Yeah, um, so you know, I, I put it out there as a statement that could be possible, but I also disagree with it. I think that he was really good last year um, as as an athlete that is right up there with Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson type athletes. But he wasn't a wide receiver. He never had experiences being a wide receiver. He was a quarterback. So a one year converted uh, wide receiver from a quarterback that has not had any experience with most any athletic of- quarterback probably. But 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 with any of that, with none none of the experience that you need for that job, he's not for either able, position. <laughs> he's not able to to move into this and actually do uh, good work on a consistent basis. So I think it's fake news. As you well. know where Terrell Pryor could do well is like New England. Maybe I mean a lot of receivers Somewhere where a coach rec- knows where to do with him. But the re- receivers a lot of times they just leave New England because they can't handle the route trees and stuff. Yeah. Although he's a smart guy. So I, if he doesn't do well in the next couple of games uh, or in this season because he has a prove-it contract, then he's going to go somewhere else. He'll still get another chance. Yeah, he'll, he'll wind up somewhere else. But as he should have signed the contract. He was going to get like $10 million from Cleveland, and he turned it down for a million-dollar prove-it offer in Washington. Well, you know, maybe he just wants to land in New England and win a ring. Yeah. <laughs> New yeah. England. Yeah, you know, he hasn't really been in sync with uh, Kirk Cousins, and I don't think that that's going to change much. There you go. So we all think that's fake news. Terrell Pryor is not someone you should have on your team. I think at this point um, well, you should see if you can get a trade for him because he's not yeah. usable. Terrell Pryor is 98% owned in Yahoo still. Yeah, wonderful. And he's doing great for those people on their team. I think someone out there is probably going to want to trade for him. Well, the problem but, with that is you'd be trading you're selling low. selling low. Yeah. But it's better to sell low and get something than drop. Yeah. Well, at that point, then let me ask you a, a side question as a quick one. Do, do you then just wait a couple weeks to see if he has a big game to sell? Uh, I know a lot of people that if they did that, then they'd just be like, oh, I'm back on the Terrell Pryor train now. And they'd never actually get him off the uh, the caboose. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's hard it's, to do. It's basically what it is. It's hard to cut players loose on your team when they're doing well. 
well. When they're doing well, it's fine. Who cares? You keep them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's hard to trade someone if they start doing well because you think they're going to keep doing well for you. Uh, Marshawn, oh, well. Mar- Marshawn Lynch's usage has been trending down for the past three weeks. Uh, week one, he had 18 carries for 76 yards. Week two, 12 for 45. And week three, six for 18. Uh, now, I know that uh, a lot of the reason why he wasn't used last week is because they were down in positions where they needed uh, passing down backs and they needed to pass the ball. Uh, but I think we should be worried about his usage and the Raiders in general with a banged-up Crabtree and a Cooper that can't catch. And I think that Marshawn Lynch is going to continue trending down for the rest of the season. Real or fake news? Um, I think it has more to do with the team. I would say... In the short term, real, but in the long term, he's going to be fine. Oh, that's an ambiguous answer. It, I, c- I can only have real or fake, sir. Sorry. Uh, he's he's fake for now because he plays uh, he plays Denver this week, and then no, so I, I don't even like him this week. Denver's great against the running back. So if you have Marshawn Lynch, it might be in a position to perhaps sell high to players that haven't been paying a whole lot of attention because he's got that big name. He's on the Raiders. He had a big game the first week, but he's really not doing very well, and the Raiders are having trouble with the offense and getting in sync in general right now. Like you said, going up against Denver, certainly not going to help you in week four. So I think that Lynch may have big games still this season, but I don't think that he's going to produce at that level of like a high RB2 that you want him to. The team has to do really well for him to do well. Because if they're like tied or behind or have to throw the ball like on a regular basis, he's not even in the game. <laughs> he's He's got the Adrian Peterson position right now, but maybe uh, he's guaranteed more carries. Like He's there for when they're winning, and he's not there to help them come back. That's what Jalen Richards is for and all the wide receivers that they've got. I like our audience right now. We've got Stephanie in the chat room said she'd be great in the Jets, and then Mike who said he could do well in New England. So we've got a lot of you know uh, football players right now going on. It's it's pretty amazing. It's very prestigious. <laughs> I, I myself I could I could maybe fill in as uh, as a wide receiver on the Bills, you know like. <laughs> Yeah, I probably could catch a couple of passes from Tyrod. I think I would be a good special teamer. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I could be uh, a long snapper. <laughs> so, uh, so let's move on. But thank you guys for participating in that little segment. It's interesting, isn't it? If you if you take a look at these players who who should be doing well or should be doing poorly, uh, and you and you really put a spin on it, and you and you make sure that you have to pick one for the whole season, uh, it's hard to say if they're going to be good or bad over the long run. Um, Let's take a look very quickly at what we call the uh, Drink 5, Pick 5, which is five upside pickups for week four, written by uh, an associate for Drink 5 named Jim Hutchins. So thank you, Jim. All this content is available on drink5.com, and because of that, I won't go over it for too long or too in-depth, but he has Devin Funches owned in 20% of, uh, of, uh, of leagues. Yahoo, yeah. And uh, you had mentioned Kelvin Benjamin earlier. Kelvin Benjamin is a, a great possible pickup, but he did have an injury uh, that may prevent him from playing. His week four status is up in the air. There's no structural damage to damage to Kelvin Benjamin's knee. So, as we always say, pay attention to the uh, injury reports on Wednesday. Yeah, and we know that both Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin in different years have had success with Cam Newton as red zone targets. They're both big guys. 
so it's possible that he starts to get back in sync with one of those guys. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, but that's the point of these uh, waiver picks. Jacksonville Jaguars uh, defense, 43% owned, probably more by now, uh, climbs by the hour, um, and they are the best, the second best fantasy defense through three weeks, and they're playing against the Jets. So if you want someone to play this week off the waivers and they're available, you have to take them. You 100% have to take them because it, you can make a living just you know taking defenses that play the Jets. They're going to score you a floor of of five points. Interesting, you know, just NFL speak here. They have only given up 30 points over three games. Yeah, they they're better than people think, and you know they may be. And they've scored at least twenty nine points. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm reading this backwards. Totally erase what I just said. All right, I took I took the eraser to the chalkboard. Yes, they've given up lots of points. <laughs> they've you know you forgot the they're, uh, they're on and off right now. This week they're playing the Jets. I think they'll be on. Yeah, Duke Johnson Jr. fifty one percent owned. He is the guy who is kind of taking over for that uh, Cleveland offense in the backfield. He's not really getting a whole ton of regular carries, but in a PPR league especially, he's getting a ton of passes in the flats and in the backfield because they don't have any receivers out there. So that makes Duke Johnson basically a slot receiver for the Cleveland Browns in addition to being the passing he down back. He had a great screen pass touchdown this last week. And he's gonna 20 keep... yards, like hurdling guys, flipping into the end zone. It was pretty fun to watch. He's going to keep doing that stuff, you know. Uh, Jamal Charles, 33% owned. I can really get behind this. I, I really like Jamal Charles because I still think he has stuff left in him. He's behind C.J. Anderson. But what we're looking at is the production per touch is 5.1 yards per clip, as Jim points out. So he hasn't really lost too much of his step from you know when he was really good on the Chiefs, uh, etc. And so I think that as long as he's healthy, he's going to keep eating into that C.J. Anderson uh, timeshare. And as we know, it's certainly possible that C.J. Anderson or other running backs on that team could get injured. It happens almost every year. If it does and Jamal is healthy, he will end up uh, as a guy who gets more carries. And we just talked about Chris Thompson. The more carries that a guy like Jamal Charles or Chris Thompson gets, more touches, I should say, then the the more the likely more points they're going to score. Yeah, because they just that's what they do. That's their profession. I mean, let's points be, per touch. Let's be let's be real here. Jamal Charles is no Chris Thompson, but he is the best running back available on the waiver wire right now. That's just funny to say. <laughs> uh, number one is Wendell Smallwood, Philadelphia. Uh, and he should be the biggest beneficiary of Darren Sproles' season-ending injury, uh, says Jim, and I agree with him. Uh, the problem is, like we mentioned earlier, that we all think that LeGarrette Blunt will probably continue to take a sizable amount of carries. So just like Thompson or any of those other guys, you, you should pick up these guys, you should be aware of them, you should own them. You may not want to start them unless they have a plus matchup. And don't be fooled by the name Wendell Smallwood. Not actually a very small guy. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you want to go... And it's Wendell, not Wendall. We'll, well, we'll fix that. Not cool, Jay. Not cool to, to shout out the typos. Jim, what are you doing, man? His I name is Wendell. Jim. Wendell, not Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shout out from Erica in the chat room, too. Cheers, Erica. Um, we mm -hmm. we have another column uh, called Statistically Insignificant that Jason writes every week. Uh, we might not have time to go over everything, but is there a thing or two you might want to point out that's just really interesting? Sure. I, I pointed out one of the things already, um, and, and I'm going to piss off all my friends who are Bears fans, but I'm just going to gush about Aaron Rodgers here for a second. This guy has two pick sixes in his entire career. 
Okay, it's put hilarious. it in put it into uh, sort of perspective, right? Um, Jameis Winston has three. Derek Carr has four. Blake Bortles already has eleven of them. Aaron Rodgers has two. All the three of those guys I just mentioned were drafted in 2014. Aaron Rodgers had already gone had already been five years since his first pick six. So he did just throw a pick six last week, and who knows? Maybe he'll throw another one this week, and you know the stats will go crazy because that's the kind of thing that happens in the NFL. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Anyways, just to, you know, a little bit more perspective for that. Eli Manning uh, and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers, Carson Palmer as well, each have at least twenty pick sixes in their career. So to only have two pick sixes, a guy who is known for never throwing interceptions, wow. you know, I, I couldn't believe that. That shit was very impressive. The pick six sounds like such a cool thing to happen, just not to you. Just not to right. you, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about how great Chris Thompson was. Um, we don't need to talk about Mercedes Lewis because that ain't going to happen again. Uh, one other stat is Jared Goff, 11 for 11 in the red zone with five touchdowns this year. Very, very impressive Jared Goff. And uh, I always, you know, either need to rag, rag on kickers or give them some props. Uh, Jake Elliott with a 61-yard field goal to win the game in Philadelphia. Also kicked a 46-yard field goal with less than a minute left to tie the game. So um, hmm. very, very impressive stuff by the rookie kicker. Drafted by Cincinnati, I believe, and then dropped and then picked up by uh, the Eagles because their kicker got hurt. And all of a sudden you've got this guy of legend. So that's the way things work in the NFL, right? Yeah, that's it's right. It's just, you know, next guy up. All right, well, check out all those articles on drink5.com and, of course, the podcast every Tuesday. We have a couple of uh, of bets to, to go over here. This is a segment called Over Under. The way that it works, Jess, if, if you haven't been privy to the last couple of podcasts here because you're going to be wrapped up in this one. Is, we did this last year, but go ahead and explain for the viewers. Is is the viewers? <laughs> well, we we would put this. Yeah, we on, have a we have a webcam up. You we, didn't know. We would put this up on YouTube, but I don't think everyone here is ready for that just yet. <laughs> uh, but basically, what happens is uh, I'm going to think everyone out there is ready for what goes on in here. Well, you may have a face for radio. I don't know. <laughs> you got to speak for yourself here in the mic. But that's all we can do. You can't see us. Uh, just imagine how wonderful and beautiful we all are. In the, in the studio, right? All clean and showered. Sucking absolutely. down some October. We all smell delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to name a player, sort of give you his uh, situation as I see it, and then tell you how many points he'll score in a standard scoring league. We'll go around clockwise, starting with Jessica first, and, uh, and she can say uh, over or under that amount, which will keep going up or down by one uh, until someone uh, is the only person uh, is the odd man out or odd woman out. Um, in in this case, so if we all agree on under, then we'll move the line and try again. Yep, uh, and we are going to since uh, we're all in uh, in very close proximity, we're going to go ahead and do a, a dinner and drinks uh, bet, and that is just that the the person that wins gets to determine what uh, the uh, what the dinner is. The the person who gets second place has to purchase some kind of drinks for that evening, and the person who gets third place has to cook that dinner. Um, to their specifications, uh, and it's uh, we'll, we'll leave it as like a twenty-five dollar uh, ceiling of uh, of price for food and drink. So basically, the guy who wins or the woman who wins gets to determine what we are eating that night, uh, and then we have our uh, um, uh, what, what is the word? Um, the our wager sommelier from the evening. Oh, oh, fantastic! Doesn't that only apply to wine? Yes. <laughs> well, hey, if I get second place, I'll bring the wine. A sommelier. But you're more than welcome to have cocktails or uh, or beer or whatever it is uh, we're going to have. But it's second place makes the call? 
Uh, for the drinks, yes. Yep, all right. And third person has to cook, and that's how it works. So we're going to start so with... And, and provide the food, too. Correct. So this is how it works. Uh, DeMarco Murray started the season off slowly. We talked about him earlier. Uh, he uh, started with a, a 12 for 44 and uh, 9 for 25, but he just ran against the Seahawks, 14 carries for 115, and a touchdown against the Seahawks' formerly great defense. Not so much anymore. This week That's against much. Houston's formerly great defense, he'll score at least 12 points in a standard scoring league. So 12 points to Marco Murray, uh, which basically means he's going to get 120 uh, rushing yards or 60 yards in a touchdown. 12 points. I'm going to go over. Over 12. She is faithful. She has faith in DeMarco Murray. Faith. I'm going under. <laughs> under. I don't. I don't really know that he's going to get enough carries. Um, I, I assume that he's earned them back because of that big run and because he had a great game. But I'm going under the 12. Mm. Yeah, I'll I'll go under as well. Tennessee Titans. They do play Texas, so. The Texans, not Texas. Look, it could certainly happen. All that means is 60 yards and a touch. So, Jessica, you you could certainly get that. We end this one uh, as Jessica with a big X. Uh, Next is Jason up on Case Keenum, who killed it in Week 3 and has earned quarterback 2 status in most experts' eyes, including my own at this time. Playing against Detroit Lions this week, he'll score at least 15 fantasy points. You know, last week, I was all about Trevor Simeon. And he was like... The guy who I figured would be able to keep carrying it. Yeah. And now Case Keenum feels like that guy. But I'm going under. <laughs> I won't be fooled twice. I'm going under. Uh, Lions defensive line is going to do good things. So I'm going to stick with over just because I think uh, Cook and Diggs are kind of floating around on highs right now. And I think that game could be more high scoring than, than people think. So I'll, I'll stick to over. All right. The line's not going to move where you want it. Uh, yeah, I think I am also going to go under. Oh, all yeah, right. Yeah. This makes me a, a Case Keenum fan. I didn't really mean to be one. <laughs> Oops, I'm suddenly rooting for Case Keenum. But you guys will pay for it when Case Keenum strikes back with 20 <laughs> points. I mean, one, one Diggs touchdown is like is like nine points, so fair enough. Four, you know, it's maybe seven if it's a really long one. <laughs> Uh, Tyrell Williams should be tearing it up, but it seems that Philip Rivers may just have let his eyeglass prescription expire. So was the Chiefs defense just so good that he was unable to get anything going? Or uh, can Williams maybe have the best week of the season so far this week and score eight points? All he needs is eight points against the Eagles. And, Standard uh, scoring all I'm, these. I'm first, yes. I'll, I'll say yeah. over on the eight. I'm kind of feeling that they might have a good matchup this week for him, and I kind of am also going to go over. Mm, I'm going to stay under. You know, Terrell Williams is not the primary pass catcher in that offense. I really think that um, you know San Diego leaves a lot to be desired. Philadelphia played well. Surely you mean Los Angeles. Uh, did I really mean Los Angeles, though? Well, you said San Diego. I don't know. <laughs> well, They're both in California. At least you know what team I'm referring to. Yes. So I'm going to go under for Terrell Williams. Dave, you're going over. Um, I'm going over. And Jessica is going over as well. I think so it's far, Tyrell. I am under on all of them. Well, you just you think the the fantasy points have just a pessimist this week. That's there, all. There have been a lot of them last week, and this week they're just going to crawl back to the hole that they came from. No, I think we're going to get a lot of fantasy points this week. Just maybe <laughs> not these guys. Oh, wonderful! Ups and downs abound for Jimmy <laughs> Graham seven four eleven. 
uh, on, on targets um, and 72 yards this week after Russell Wilson flipped the switch in the second half versus the Titans. We went over the situation. We also mentioned Jimmy Graham as a possible buy-low candidate, which I agree with. Could we see more of the same this week as Seattle goes up against the Andrew Luckless Colts? Well, he only needs to match his last week's performance at seven points. So seven points, that goes to Jessica, Jimmy Graham, who's been so bad, so bad, and good. And if you look at last year, it's kind of the same. It's it's uh, He finishes like a number four tight end overall last year, but he had some games where he really didn't do well. So I feel like you were holding that line for the entire show. What's that? The Andrew Luckless Colts. I was. This is this is the wrap-up time where you, you put them all out there. You put everything out there. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter if you think of it at 9.15. <laughs> so, uh, so we're just going for seven here? Seven points for Jimmy Graham. Um... I'm, I'm gonna go over. Okay, over. I'm gonna go over as well. Ooh, the first over. Ooh. Over. But Dave, will you be going over? Oh, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> the, the thing about Jimmy Graham and, and this matchup, I guess, is that everyone should be running against the Colts, but for some reason, uh, the running backs are not doing well against the Colts, which I still haven't figured out. The, Interesting. Earlier in the year, it was like every time a running back would play the Colts, he'd say, "Well, they're playing the Colts, so they'll probably do really well." None of them did well. It was really weird. I don't know what's happening. Well, David Johnson got hurt in the first game. Uh, or was that the second game? Who did the Colts play week one? I don't have that stuff in front of me right now. Uh, but I, I, I think that Jimmy Graham is doing better because Russell Wilson is doing better. But that just started in the second half. So will it continue? If we're all going to go over? Yes, I'll say over on the seven. Okay, well then we're going to move the line to eight. Jess, do you want to go over on eight still? Yes, I'm going to go over on eight. Okay, I, I too will stay over on eight. Oh, man. So basically, you guys are, are I thinking... Like should, I feel like we should have just jumped to he 10. Goes, he, gets a touchdown. he goes 80 or he has a touchdown with like 40 yards or something. That's... No, because then Dave goes, oh, under, no problem. Nah. We need to find the point where, you know... <laughs> the fine line. That's well, right. I like Jimmy. I happen to agree with you guys right now still. But uh, I'm just going to take the odds on his season so far and go under on... The eight points. Yeah, we're basically saying he will have so far the best game of the season, which isn't out of the picture considering they're playing the Colts and they just got their act together. It just it was only for like a quarter and a half. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. So, do you have a tiebreaker for us at all? Yeah, the tiebreaker is how many points the Ravens score versus Pittsburgh on Sunday. So three-way point tiebreaker. And I believe we're going to pick an over/under for this. No, it's just points. I believe it's on you. You can't, you can't, you can't do three people. You have to pick a range of points if you're going to do three people. I can't just pick a number because it doesn't work out that way. Well, then you offer something else because I don't, I don't have time to discuss. Raven, we can do over under their points. That's fine. Like, let's say twenty one points over or under. Okay. So I, I see that the Ravens are going to go. Under twenty one points. Under twenty one points. Was that was that your final answer? Yeah. And this is this is the total points for their team, not just their offense, right? Correct. Okay. Right. So uh, I'm also going under. Okay. So um, can we jump down a little bit farther? Let's say seventeen. I'll go over seventeen. Under. And I will go over. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so we've got our tiebreaker. We've got it all set. I don't understand that, but uh, we'll, we'll just move along with that. 
And uh, and so you guys understand the bet. I hope that I get to uh, tell someone uh, something very interesting. We've done this bet several times. Just you. This is the first time you're a part of it. I think you're going to like it because <laughs> everyone usually wins in this bet. Sure. Someone just has to do a lot more work than the so rest. So cheers, guys. <laughs> Best of luck. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as we move to the end of the show, because it's only one hour now, remember it's at 8 p.m. Central Time now on Tuesdays, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, if, if you're listening after the fact, you can listen live at Mixler.com slash Drink5, um, and you can participate in our chat room like somebody, some people did here tonight. Uh, you can ask your lineup questions uh, to us here on the show or on Twitter.com slash Drink5. And then uh, we do have a presence on Facebook.com slash Drink5Network as well as Instagram.com slash Drink5. And, uh, of course, all of the uh, articles and rankings that are available on FantasyPros.com, which we wholly endorse as a great resource, as well as Roto World, which a lot of people still don't use even though I tell them to. Oh, Roto World Player News. Just Google that and you will thank me. <laughs> <laughs> or or you'll be upset when you wasted half of your, your work day, you know, checking out all the, all the player news. Either way, uh, I want to thank again Jessica for joining us for the program, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye.